chance on here. Pulisic picks up the loose ball and he could be in. Christian Pulisic for Chelsea, 1-0! Quick thinking by Alisson, and if Salah could lift it, still Salah, Salah! The Ghost Goal Podcast. Let's get down to the nitty gritty, the top four. We've got four teams that we think are pretty much slotted in for top four positions this year. A rarity compared to uh, seasons of past. Liverpool, Chelsea, Manchester United and Manchester City will all have their eyes on the title. We're here to tell you which one of them is going to do it and uh, how their seasons are going to look. There's been, uh, for the most part, each of them has made like one or two significant moves, big money moves, it seems like. And we're still waiting on one more from Liverpool. And that seems to be the overarching theme when you look Alex, at you Liverpool. Alex, you keep forgetting to do the intros, Alex. You just keep doing your endless intros. You just keep blabbing on and you don't introduce either one of us. They know what they're listening to. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, welcome to the Ghost Gold Podcast. I'm Alex, here with Javier. It's episode 314. It's the Premier League previews, part three. See, this is this is we're where we this is where four, we miss like Andrew. I was saying. You know what I mean? I just wanted Andrew, to get talking Andrew about Liverpool. Would, would write out his openings. He'd have these crisp, yeah, beautiful he, he's much openings. more organized. Now, he's more professional exactly. about this we, than I am. We're still working on our on our intro skills. You know, we'll we'll get there yeah, one we'll day. We'll get it one exactly. day. We'll get there. We'll, we'll get there we'll one adapt. day. Yeah. <laughs> But I just, I, I mean, there's so much to talk about because Liverpool. We can start. They with haven't Liverpool. made any signings, but Konate. Uh, and you're kind of. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say that they're not going to be in the title race at all this season. Really, I mean, I can see why you would think that because I, I also think there is kind of like while there's an understanding that yes, Liverpool probably do need to make one more signing, probably either another forward or an, a midfielder. There is kind of like this underlying assumption that Virgil Van Dijk is just going to come back and be just as good as he was before. I haven't heard anyone say this, and I, I, I guess I wouldn't dare to say it either, but it was a pretty significant injury. And, you know, he's in his late 20s now, so he should be fine. But I feel like they shouldn't be at his at his throat if he's not, like, the same exact player immediately when he comes back. Like, it's a well, pretty, okay, he's a so big guy, me, it's a tough it's, injury. It's, it's glaring. They have to replace Wijnaldum, right? Like, he was... Uh, arguably, their most the the most mainstay no, but, player but, in that midfield, and they don't. Yeah, but it, that's I accepted that. But I'm saying, do you think it's it should be assumed that Van Dyke is just going to be back to normal? Well, okay, I was going to say so. Van Dyke, I think he's going to get injured once or twice at least during the season. Small injuries, you know, two two to four weeks here or there. It's very rare for a player to come back from such a like long year long or plus injury, and they don't get hurt once or twice coming back from that injury usually it, it almost always happens you know it's just because your body's not used to the to the rigors of playing 90 minutes or even like 70 minutes in a game and you can just be like straining for a ball and and, and ha- gets get a couple of leg strains here or there so i think that's inevitably going to happen to van dyke and liverpool's going to have bad runs of form when that happens and 
they do have an overall deeper stable of well, and center now, back And then I was going to say, though, but now. I think like if he if he can stay mostly healthy and Konate actually breaks into the team, I think both of those players can be. Uh, we haven't, I don't think, talked enough about Konate and how potentially changing he can be to this Liverpool side as well because he is a generational talent for France. Yeah, so like Konate's potential was was you know shown when he was such a big part of Leipzig over the last couple of seasons, especially in the last season, he really came into his own. And like I I noticed him a couple of years ago, and I honestly thought of Apamecano and him. I kind of thought of him as the 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 harder talent to get, and I I think it's it's that's, a steal. That's where we disagree. I know, I know, because I, like I, I, but... I think Apamecano might be a better player, but he's more injury prone. I mean, it looks like they're both injury prone, but. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, you know, who knows? Who, Growing who, pains. Yeah, they're still who, young. They're, they're big yeah, I was guys. Say, who knows? Lanky. Who knows how good he's going to be his first year in the Premier League? I kind of think he's going to be a little bit like Gabriel was last season, where he's going to be very raw. You're going to see his athletic ability. There's going to be times where, like, on the ball or, like, at a, in a tackle, he's going to be phenomenal, and you're going to be really surprised at how good he is. And then there's going to be other times where he's going to show a little bit of an experience and Liverpool concede a goal here or there. So I think that's going to be another another thing where, like, in the future he's going to be a, a fantastic player for Liverpool, but I think it might be a little bit too early this season. So that's why I think, like, that along with Van Dijk, you know, probably not going to be fully fit for the whole season. I'm guessing maybe he plays... If, if he plays 30 games, Liverpool should probably be happy because... Yeah, I mean every every time they have Konate and Van Dijk uh, able to play with each other, that's a formidable backline. And you're not even considering they're getting Robertson, or they have, still have Robertson and Trent Alexander Arnold. Uh, the, the midfield will probably need to be addressed to help out shielding that backline while they kind of gel. I'm worried about Thiago, uh, but, man. Like I know that he had a, a few, maybe yeah. like a handful of good performances for Liverpool, but he played a lot of game time last season especially in the second half of the season. And for me, when Liverpool went on their little run to, to, to actually get the champion, Champions League, he, he did have a big part in that. But like for long stretches of the season, he just didn't look like he... Well, he was he was also injured for big stretches of the season yeah, as well. exactly. But I, uh, like to start, he, I, I don't. I mean, he made a couple of appearances early on when he first signed, and then he was out injured for. He makes a lot of crazy tackles like and gets really like a lot of yellow cards, and I don't know if that's going to change. It seems like the direct there's a new directive in the Premier League now, where the referees have now been. There, there's a few things. Like first of all, they've been told not to call uh, fouls in the box with like minimal contact. Second is they've been told to not call just fouls in general, like around the field with minimal contact. So they've been letting a lot more. They're going to let a lot more things go. Um, and the threshold for a penalty is going to go up. And then marginal offsides are going to favor the attacker now. Sadio Mane and Marcus Rashford are, are crying. I was about to say, every night I, I was now. about to say now that like, you know, players like Mane and Salah, you know, who are quick players who can get in behind who I think Mane gets caught offside a lot. Um, but if it's marginal now, and, and the, I know that he's had a, a couple goals there that he scored that have been called offside marginally, and now those are probably going to be goals, um, and that might benefit a team like Liverpool. I'll, I'll hold you to that later on when we come to a certain Chelsea player. Oh yes, that might they might benefit Timo <laughs> Werner. It might, it might, it yeah, might absolutely. absolutely benefit him. So, um, so you've kind of you've kind of addressed this, but. It, it, it's notable that most of last season, especially the second half of last season, a lot of the gripes we seem to have with Liverpool was just the uh, the underperformance of 
mainly Mane and Firmino in that forward line. Salah wasn't as good as he has been in seasons past, but he still seemed to like hold up his end of the bargain as a goal scorer. Uh, what, what do you think has changed, or what, what should we expect to have changed that is going to lead to you know the only Mane reason and, I don't think Firmino having bounced back yeah, seasons? Say, the only reason I don't think Liverpool are, are going to be in the title race is because I think it's going to be a because st- of Van Dyke only. No, is it, it's because I think it's going to be pretty much a runaway title race still for Manchester City this year. I, like I don't really think any. I don't think Manchester United or Chelsea are going to have what it takes to get close enough to them. So I think like they're still gonna. I think it might be close till like February, and then they they run away with it again. They do what they what they always do. So well, that's certainly interesting. That really makes for interesting podcast listening. Javier. Well, Thanks. I mean, it, I mean, it, it'll be interesting. No, to don't see. worry. I've got a rebuttal. I've got a yeah, rebuttal. Yeah, I'm sure so you do. Fine. I'm sure we'll, you do. It'll be good. Also, you're working on on a on a big assumption, uh, if I'm right. So, but for Liverpool specifically, I. I guess everything I'm talking about like centers around who that signing ends up being for their midfield and whether Van Dyke can, you know, stay fit for, I don't know, 75% of their games this season. I feel like they they have enough experience that they've given to some of those younger center backs that were forced into action when Van Dyke was out last year that that's that's served their center back unit as a whole very well where they're all they know what to expect. Like they know what the level is. People are, will probably forget how good Nate Phillips was in the last eight or nine games Liverpool of the season. Liverpool should go sign Nico Barella. Inter are fucking broke right now. They're doing yeah, a fire sale. Absolutely. They should go offer sixty million for Barella or seventy or million. Sanchez, yeah, or Renato were, Sanchez. We're talking exactly. about that one. Either one of those players, I think Liverpool would be back into like title contention. I think they need a, a, a powerful. Uh, pressing midfielder that, who had the same presence that Wijnaldum did because if you don't replace that guy on your team like they're going to struggle to make top four like they did last season so right now I have Liverpool struggling to make top four because they haven't made those signings and they just look like they're going to be a you know Jackal and Hyde team I'm sure they're still going to have amazing results at times because of the system that they play and the players they have but then there's going to be times where they get really bad draws with shitty teams um, or lose unexpectedly when they've dominated the entire game. Much like last season, you know, the, the, it still happened. If Liverpool were as good as they were last season, or are better than they were, you know, in the last two seasons, if they're not as bad offensively, then I'm sure they're not going to struggle to to make top four. It just seems like they might have those similar woes again. So. Yeah, I guess I thought I was uh, trying to be trying to phrase Liverpool or frame them sort of negatively for you to, you know, hype them up. And Van Van Dyke's return was going to, you know, propel them back to somewhere at least close to the kind of level they were at the two seasons prior when they had him. But I I guess it sounds like you think he's going to be like injured a good amount. Which I, I just don't think we can like realistically or reasonably like predict that. Like he could just come back and be back in the lineup, but you know, kind of take some time to work his way back to like full form and fitness, which is how I probably see it going. And he may miss a game here or there just to make sure he stays in good enough shape for the long term. And I just think they have enough experience now and good enough players. Joe Gomez, Ibrahim Konate, Nate Phillips, Reese Williams, if they have to really dig deep. They, and that Ben Davies kid that they I don't think they've loaned out yet. So they've got like a pretty big stable of young, promising center backs who after last season, you know, they're ready to jump in if Van Dyke has to sit a game out in the Premier League. So I, I think they're probably like top three. I'm going to say they finished third, 
but I think it's going to be a tight pack up there between Liverpool City and Chelsea. So I, I don't think they're going to struggle to make top four at all, um, especially once they make that signing. And I do anticipate they're going to make that midfield signing uh, before the end of the, the window, at least. So, so you, you don't think there's any clot burnout? You don't think like you don't think the same players every season. It's possible, but I, because, I think because that they even were still players good like defensively. I know even players like Trent, like Trent was fantastic for these those last like ten games of the season. Robertson was phenomenal for the first like you know twenty. But both of them, you could tell like Trent for the first you know two thirds of the season and Robertson for the last third, they both got burnt out at different points in the season and. Every player on that Liverpool squad seems to be getting burnt out a little bit more often than they were at the beginning of Klopp's reign. You don't think like things could be going a little bit stale? It's, it's certainly a question. Possibly. I just with Van Dyke back, I think he does like the same reasons you gave for Arsenal. They're going to benefit from having a player like Ben White at the back. Like Van Dyke brings that. He same, does. He completely changes uh, the look that of the same team. sort right. of like play out from the back and range of passing that. It just brings another level to their game. He can release Mane or Firmino from way further back in the the, the buildup of play than pretty much anyone on that team other than Thiago Alcantara. So, yeah, I, 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 have, I have to respect Liverpool and say that, you know, if you're assuming that Van Dijk is back healthy, I think they'll be fine this season and they should be closer to what they used to be under Klopp when they were pushing for the title and winning the title than what they were last season. Uh, so are you going to say they finish fourth or you still think top three? Yeah, I still think they, sh- they finish fourth. Um, I'm going to stick with my my gut here and thinking that fourth, they okay. are not going to be. Right. Uh, yeah, that they're going to. Well, in that case, let's let's start. We already talked about this team earlier in the summer because they you know were making moves a little bit earlier in the summer than certain others were. But uh, Manchester United real quick. I, I feel like on paper, but the signings they've made. Jaden Sancho, the, the 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 extra winger, the extra world class injection of talent and creativity that they've been crying out for alongside Bruno Fernandez, and then the experienced center back Rafael Varane on a pretty friendly deal, forty million for a twenty eight year old world class center back. I feel like they've done for the most part what their their, mo- their own fan base and plenty of people outside the fan base would have kind of asked of them this summer and have asked for previous summers, but. It, it still doesn't feel like they're being taken seriously as like a title contender. Like I feel like their own fans think we can win the title, but I think everyone outside of that is, you know, probably a little skeptical still. Why, why do you think that is? I'm just not convinced Ole has the the capability to do it over an entire season. I think f- even just losing that the 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 cup final last season to Villarreal, who are a much worse team, you know, he's the only manager in the top four without a major trophy now. Now that Thomas Tuchel yeah, won, yeah, and that I just I, I don't think that he's um, I don't think he's cut for it. I think that you know he's a good developmental manager. He got United back to a good point, but this would have been I think a good moment to hand off the reins to someone better. But they're going to stick with Ole, and I think I don't think Manchester United are going to win a title with. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer as, as their manager. If I eat my words, I mean, I'll be, I will be shocked because I don't, I don't, I don't see this. I don't see it from Ole. I don't see it tactically. I don't see it like, I don't see the charismas there. I don't see the, the improvement in from enough players over time. I just think like he's gotten some amazing signings like Bruno Bruno Fernandez. You know that have completely changed the team, but it's also worth noting that you. Know, I don't think you rate Jaden Sancho 
as highly as you know a lot of other people would. Yeah, I, don't. I think that plays a pretty I big don't. factor in this. Exactly. Cause I don't a think, lot of people, myself think... included, rate him very highly. Right. I, think I he still could be like think United one of the are going to have players of the season. I think United are going to still have you know uh, I'm sure he will be, but I think United will still have some problems scoring goals. Um, I know they'll pile on the goals against the the shittier teams, but I think in these big games, Ole was always drawing nil nil and. You know, uh, they occasionally got wins, but I need to be able to. I need to see them be, be able to. You know, get a lot, get more wins in those situations. Um, sure. Before I before and I'm convinced I, I that add, they could go and win a title. Yeah, I'm, I might add that. It just seems like tactically, he almost always gets outplayed when there's an, a better manager involved. Like he can just like use his star not power. Always. Not always. Not always. But he he he'll try to like dull his opponent. Come on, he's beating Pep Guardiola no, he try- at the Etihad. I know, but he times. tries to dull his opponent. That's fair. That's fair. But he tries to dull his opponent for the most part, and then like try to use the the the, the individual brilliance of a Bruno or a Pogba to get his wins, and that can work if you're not playing against you know like midfield talent like an Ingolo Conte or something like that. Um, who could shut the, the the their his two like talismans down? I don't know. Them keeping Pogba as well could be if they if they keep him for at least another season. This could be the one season that maybe they could push for the title if somehow that that connection gets there with Pogba, well, Bruno, I was, I was Sancho. Going to say, is it you know Rashford. is it crazy to suggest that they might go for another midfield signing? Well, the thing the, you know, the it thing kind is, of an anticipation of Pogba leaving. Yeah. Maybe not now, but next window. Yeah, or and, and, next and summer? The, the other thing is, is that Rashford apparently needs a you know like a surgery and he's going to be out for three months or something. Mart- Martial yeah, looks October, like he wants to still leave. You know, so I don't know if they can sell Martial right now. I don't know either. That they they would need to sell Martial after he'd had like a somewhat decent season. Like you can't sell him after he had like one of the worst seasons of his career. You'd get like nothing in return for him, so I could see them like keeping him around as sort of like the, the like a bench player. Give Greenwood and Sancho most of the minutes on the wing. Maybe They're going to have James a lot of well. players that want to play. Well, what about Lingard? Lingard's going to be saying, you know, I, I mean, yeah, maybe Lingard can be maybe the, maybe they're going to sell Lingard for you know some absurd fee to to West Ham. You know, that wouldn't be a bad idea. I have not seen that linked at all, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. But yeah, I just I don't think under Ole that they're going to win the title. I think that they'll be comfortably in the top four, though. I think the Sancho and Varane signings push them to a level where I don't think they're going to have to worry about making top four. I see them having seventy eight, maybe even eighty points. But I I don't okay. I don't see that. I mean, being... I would think that would be kind of near the uh, the title. Yeah. Well, I think I think City are going to have probably eighty nine. 90 points and then Chelsea maybe 83 that's kind of where I think okay. what I think well, is going to happen well, let's switch over to City then because I'm not really going to make the the case for United to win the title either they, I think they still very much have questions in terms of I know you said they're going to beat up the the bad teams but they still have games against like defensive low block teams I sound like a broken record because you have to bring it up every single year they haven't proven that they can consistently break down low block teams just yet just needs to be said and uh yeah so once they do that on a consistent basis over the course of a season then i'll i'll start to think of them as serious title contenders and that's something that i think manchester city i've obviously like proven time and time again that whether they have a center forward uh or or don't they can work their system around pretty much any team in the league over a 38-game season and break down those low-block teams. And they've only gotten better at that by bringing in Grealish, who's, you know, he's a menace on the counterattack. They bought him for $100 million. We didn't talk about him the other day because of 
because of the messy signing kind of uh, usurping that. But he's maybe he doesn't bring something different to their team, but he brings like like another top quality player in terms of dribbling and uh, causing Honestly, players to get out, get out of position. I think, I think it's horrifying the that they have players. Jack Grealish now. It, it is pretty scary, but <laughs> like, what is Pep going to turn him into? I'm I'm horrified, man, because. He's never had a manager like Pep Guardiola. You you can only imagine how much he's going to improve him. And you've seen like crazy improvements from players under Pep before. And it just kind of feels like Pep and Grealish are possibly a match made in heaven. And, you know, Grealish might turn into a, 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 a even more goal scorer and assister at Manchester City than we ever saw at Villa because of the quality that's gonna, he's going to have around him. Do you think there's a chance that he kind of... Uh replaces Raheem Sterling as that left winger or do you think Pep's kind of tinkers with the idea of you know maybe Raheem taking turns with Foden and De Bruyne playing that false nine role because I mean there there is an Aguero sized hole in that team at the moment and you know there's rumors of Harry Kane coming in but I think you know for the purposes of this preview we should just assume that's not happening because if it is happening then I, I think it goes without saying both of us would just kind of say, "Oh yeah, City right. are winning City the title automatically regardless. win the league." You, you, if you, you seem to be leaning that way already. Yeah, I'm leaning that way I now, just because I, even without Harry Kane, I just think with but the I'm just saying, signing, if Kane yeah. signs between now and the end then of the window, it. I'll be right yeah, there with over. you. I will, you know, concede the title as a Chelsea fan. I will uh, probably extinguish all hope. But uh, yeah, uh, focusing just on Grealish, I, I do think people have kind of ignored that he does have a a bit of an injury history. Like every season, it feels like maybe not the the first season when Villa came back up, but definitely last season he was out for a big chunk of time where it was like an injury that seemed like he was going to be out for a month, and then when a month rolled around, Dean Smith and the, the 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 fitness staff at Villa just kept pushing the date back and back and back, and he ended up missing like three months or something from January or uh, late December into. Uh, March or April. He missed a bunch of time, came back and, you know, played well again and got himself back into the England squad. And now everyone just kind of forgets it. But that's not the only time that's happened to him in a season. And he gets targeted because he's such a great dribbler and dangerous player that sometimes defenders just get frustrated and take it out on him. Those players are are just going to be targeted more often. So uh, don't be surprised if, you know, there's some injuries here and there. If there's one team in the league that can sort of deal with that and uh, like plug and replace a different player into the system, then it's City. So, um, yeah, it definitely makes them scary. But I don't know if it necessarily like elevates them to the untouchable level that if they get Kane, they will be at. Because if they get Kane, then it's over. Like, I'll concede the league. I'll concede the Champions League. I'll concede everything. That's just like a horrific team to, I, I yeah, I would, I would be very very afraid to play that team. Please, please so. give give Arsenal some of your trash, shitty. We'll take any trash that you have. If you want to give us Bernardo Silva, we'll take it. Give it, give it, give it. So, is it the Grealish signing specifically that makes you think that they're going to run away with the title this year, or is it? Well, no, it was it was the matter. It was the matter. Yeah, it was. I just think it was the matter that they won it last season, where, you know, yeah, they struggled a little bit at the beginning, but that insane run they had, there was no De Bruyne. That's not true. He he was he was playing false nine in a lot of those games. In 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 near near the end of the run, yes, but for a good ten or eleven 
of those win of the straight wins. I, I just remember the first the one. first game of that run was at Stamford Bridge, and De Bruyne was like false nine. Foden was right wing, Sterling was left wing, and then they had you know Gundogan also destroyed us. But De Bruyne, Foden, Gundogan, and Sterling just rotated through in that in that false nine and still ripped us to pieces. So like yeah, it was mainly Gundogan, sure. And who knows if we get that good of a season out of Gundogan again? Because that was you know in terms of goal scoring numbers, that was an insane season statistically for him. So even if he drops off, yeah, there's plenty of other players that can pick De up. Bruyne made 25 appearances in the Premier League last season. Yeah, I'm just saying like during that so run he of the, the season, he was he missed a lot. He missed a lot of, of games. Game. A lot, the, the, that's a. But they also, but Javier, don't you remember they also had a phase of the season where once they once they had that great run, they focused on the Champions League and they played like a backup team that was still amazing in the Premier League yeah, and they would for like sure. save for sure. like De Bruyne, Foden, and uh, Sterling for Champions League games. So you know there's, that probably had something to do with it as well, but. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, I, I can't really. I don't really have any rebuttal. I kind to of, th- you for, like, I kind why of think. City I kind of think. I also kind like, of think that now, so they're not going to miss Aguero at all because they barely used him last season. They just used. They didn't they use him. They used him in the in yeah. the backup team, and, and he scored a couple of goals. But I think it's going to alleviate a lot of the pressure from De Bruyne from having to carry the ball always. I think Grealish is going to become the main ball carrier for Manchester City. And De Bruyne is just going to be able to drift into spaces and into the box and get onto the ball in dangerous positions, being fed by Jack Grealish. And we're going to see De Bruyne probably get, if he can stay healthy, I could see him like he scored 13 in that 2019 20 season. I could see him getting like 15 goals, 15, 16 goals, and like 12 or 13 assists and just having an insane season. I just, yeah, I just I mean, kind of think the, that those two, to those two together are going to be, well. yeah, those two together are going to be unstoppable. Like I don't, I don't care who you have on your team, or th- those two are just going to be unreal. And, and obviously, the supporting cast around them as well. You know, you have Ruben Diaz, Stones, Laporte, all you know, three, three yeah. of the best center backs in the still league. A great team, yeah. I think there is still an option or something they could do at left. I was about back, maybe, to say, I think I kind of think they're gonna, they're gonna make a, sa- they're maybe. gonna make a signing. Unless you know they they believe that they can go with Mendy another season, but I mean yeah they do have Cancelo they have Zinchenko. I don't know I, I just don't see a weakness in this city side. There's they're by they're still the deepest team. I mean I think Chelsea are getting up there now, but they're still the deepest team in the league even without without Aguero. You know adding Grealish now I I think the effect that he's going to have on the rest of the team is going to be he's going to elevate them even more. Like you see a guy like that coming into your team, right? Like you're the Manchester City players, that's going to motivate you. It's the type of move that a manager who's created dynasties at, on two other teams. It's the type of move that you make, right? You're like, we just won the title, got to a Champions League final or a Champions League semifinal, you know? No, they got uh, to the Champions uh, League. Oh, the final. final, yeah, the final. Well, they, that leads in perfectly to what I was about to say. I think, I, I think I said this on the immediate reaction pod that Hugo and I did like the day of the Champions League final where we were drunk as shit just you know yeah yeah yeah. celebrating I mentioned that like just briefly that Manchester City and I I don't mean this in like a trolling manner even though it probably came off like that the first time Manchester City needed their Moscow when Chelsea lost in a penalty shootout to Manchester United in 2008 in Moscow that was horrific that was like like, and I don't think Manchester City's loss was as bad because I just thought Chelsea straight up outplayed them and they kind of overthought it with the lineup choices. 
but the motivation that that like getting so close to your let's let's not twist it here Champions League is absolutely Manchester City's main goal. They've won the league plenty of times before. They'll say they had a great season last year, and no one will disagree with them. But that's fucking eating away at their, at everyone in that club and all of their fan base that they didn't win that Champions League final. So I'm sure that they're going to be going for that as well this season. But I just think that that gives you a general fire underneath that I think is going to sort of maintain that that great form they've been uh, playing at for the last year or but so. Yeah, I mean, our, when he was healthy, I, when he was healthy, we were all saying Jack Grealish was gonna, was the best player in the Premier League. One of the best players in the and, league, and yeah. And could, could win player of the year. So, like, they went out, signed that guy, broke the Premier League transfer record. Everything points to City are going to win again. Like, it's just, whenever you doubt them, they shove it in your face and... You know, I just think that every other team is not going to be as consistent as they are and isn't going to have, uh, unless there's like a ton of injury problems, I see City City winning it again and getting 90, 91, 92 points. I don't see any other team getting that many points. That's that's the thing. I don't. Th- I think like, I think Chelsea might. I think we can do it, I don't Javier. think so. I think you guys think can get like do mid-80s. Tuchel's never won a league. I mean, he won the French League. Get out of here. Yeah, he won the French League. Nah. I mean, I'm not, I, you brought it up. I didn't, but... He's won a league. I'll I'll give him that at least, and he's gotten to That's two automatic. straight Champions That's League finals. He's got he's the first manager to get to two straight Champions League finals, but with different teams in each season. He's had his first preseason at Chelsea to you know instill more of his ideas when he came in last season uh, to Chelsea. You know, middle of the season when we were kind of down in eighth or ninth or maybe like seventh or something, we were couple points off the Champions League places and he didn't have much time because we had games like every two days it was it was weekend and midweek games for weeks and weeks and weeks straight so in the middle of all that he you know he kind of did the abridged version of his 3-4-3 set a an identity identity for the team uh, early and, and stuck to it and you know reap the rewards of that but now the playbook's open now Tuchel can tinker with all of these players that we've had out on loan and he's already been sifting through the squad and sending certain people out on loan and you know having certain youngsters walk out because they see just how like stacked this team is now and how hard it is to get a look in and with this Lukaku signing I think until City make that Kane signing or maybe one other signing I think the Lukaku signing puts us right up there on par with what Manchester City can do in the league because yeah it wasn't pretty in the league for us last year but you can't say that we didn't defend really well for the vast majority of uh, Tuchel's uh, tenure at the end of last season. I mean, we, we broke the record for fewest amount of goals conceded in a Champions League campaign for a winner. So it's got to say something. I think we, we, we trailed twice and for like five minutes total in the Champions League last season. And that was to whatever that Russian team was that we played in the group. And then for like one minute at the end of the Porto game when they scored that crazy bicycle kick that didn't really matter. So his defensive record at Chelsea is, you know, I, I think City are probably the only other team that can say they have as good of, of a defense as Chelsea. And adding that Lukaku angle to it, I, you know, you, I know you're going to bring up Manchester United and his deficiencies there and probably that he, he hasn't proven himself as like a title winning uh, Premier League striker yet. But I think the two years that he's uh, taken to go away and you know get really serious well. about his I game do. I with do. Antonio yeah, Conte, I also think he's Antonio Conte has like elevated him to a new level where he's a guaranteed twenty goals in the league for me now. He's improved that much in his overall play. He's not he's not as bulky as he used to be. He's more athletic and lean and can 
you know, run more Absolutely. and has added he's, a sort he, of he looks like a different creative side to his sure, game. For sure. He's going to be amazing for us, Javier. I think so too, Alex. I don't care if it's $100 million. It's It's guaranteed 20 goals a season, and he's going to make other players in that, that front line better. Also, like you said, we have... We have fuck you depth now, like yeah, Manchester City. We depth have now. Chelsea. We can is, look at our bench and just be like, any of these players could be starting for us. Pulisic, ZX, I mean, that's why I Timo think Werner Chelsea might be on the Chelsea bench. Chelsea will finish second, and I mean, if if yeah, there's maybe a team, we'll finish second, but I think we can get up to high eighties, low nineties. I think we can possibly. Do it. If if you get to that that high, then yeah, you you'll be in the title race. If you can get to the low nineties, you you'd have to only lose two, three, four games max this season. You know. Do you think Chelsea can go and do that? Yeah, I think Chelsea are going to have. Games in, I think Chelsea are going to draw a lot of games, like nil okay, nil. So and I think there were very specific reasons why we kind of like faltered a bit in the league at the end of last season, and I think the Champions League run has a lot to do with that. I, I'm not saying that we don't have a chance in the Champions League to go on another run this season, but you know, if we happen to get knocked out in like the first, like the first or like the round of 16 or whatever it is, if we play like Bayern Munich or PSG early, that can happen. And then we have the rest of the season to go to just focus on the Premier League. Then our squad's more than deep enough to handle that and not lose that many games. We had the crazy West Brom game that, you know, was like once in a decade since that had happened before. We had the weird game against you guys and then the Villa game in the league. And, you know, those losses, yeah, they, they felt bad at the time. But You, you mean you had, you had like, both, both games against us? No, but I'm saying... At the end of the league under Tuchel. Oh right, yeah, yeah. Under we're, not, Tuchel. we're not talking yeah, about you're Frank. Right, you're Frank, right. Frank, Frank Eric Chelsea. Exactly, is, you know. is gone. Yeah, you're right. That's just a different. It's a different team now. I mean, I agree. I think you guys are going to be a good amount better than Liverpool and United this season, and I think you guys will stand out above them. I think that United aren't going to have a goal scorer that scores. I think Lukaku will get 23 to 25 goals, and yeah, that'll that'll put okay, Luke, book it. Yeah, that'll put Title. that'll put Chelsea on on that on that you know. I, I, I think that you're not going to be... Because you know who's also going to be great, Javier? You know who's going to be great. Kai Havertz. I was thinking even if we didn't get a striker, I was hoping we would get one. But even without one, I was Chelsea confident that Kai Havertz was going to come in and really be... really fun to play on FIFA. With yeah, Lukaku, Pulisic, Havertz, Mount. Mount. Yeah, that's just... Ziyech. Oh, man. You guys are probably have to sell yeah. Ziyech now. I don't know. We don't have to do shit, Javier. We want that fuck you depth, like I said. <laughs> I'm saying, and I'm he, ha- I for one, I'm happy yeah, I mean, that we've maybe, got it. Maybe he'll 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 stay for the money. He probably doesn't care. He also people like to be in winning teams. Like the same thing I just said about City, like losing the Champions League final. There's a different effect that is that can also be positive on teams like this that have just won the Champions League. Last time Chelsea won a Champions League, it was very clearly the end of an era. Like the John Terry's, Frank Lampard's, like Drogba's, Ivanovic's, those players, some of them hung around for a couple more years and won league titles. But that was like very clearly like they weren't, that wasn't going to propel that team to like more Champions League success. This time around, it's the first time we've had a young team. You know, most of them are, you know, 24 and under. And there's a good amount of academy players in there which is nice, and a good amount of just straight-up world-class young talent like Havertz and Pulisic and, and, and the like. So to win a Champions League that early in your career, that has to propel you to another level of confidence that you can you know, go on and push a team like City that you just beat three times in a row at the end of the season. Yeah, for sure. 
you know, sure. that we can go on and push them. We have confidence now, and I'm sure City fans are sitting there shitting themselves over this Lukaku signing. Don't you? Yeah, I mean, it's the type of signing that I think Chelsea's one problem, I think, if they hadn't signed someone like Lukaku, is going to be scoring goals. But, yeah, 23 to 25 goals, that kind of solves that problem. You know, I... Mm. The best part about that signing was the fact that you've been hyping Lukaku like you like throughout the Euros. You were just like he's clearly a top five forward, like center forward. Yeah, in the, I mean, in I, the think, world I think now. he's improved. I, I think <laughs> so he you has just, like, improved a lot. Pegged yourself in there. Uh, never would have thought Chelsea were going to get him right now. That's just that's just so <laughs> sick. Yeah, fuck it's... fuck football. You guys have made your own super league. You guys all fucking making hundred million. Go buying Sancho for eighty million, Grealish for a hundred million, fucking Lukaku for hundred and thirty million. You dropped fifty million on Ben oh, White. 50 you can't million. talk at all. Oh no, fucking yeah, but you fucking, dropped it on Ben fucking White. Wolves. You dropped it on a Brighton like, player. Wolves, at least we Sheffield. spent our money on like a league title winner from Inter Milan, and you know, and Man United. That would have been spent there as like and a half Ben Whites. You spent two yeah, and a half and, Ben Whites uh, and, and to guess get what, Lukaku. Javier, Javier, what is the one need that everyone would have told? you Chelsea had going into this transfer yeah, getting window. getting a striker and you went and did it. Yeah. So everyone else knows that. So that raises the price. You know, it's just, it is how it is. All right. Well, I've made my case. I think, I think Chelsea, I, agree with I think you. we have I just as good of a chance of winning the title are, as City do this year. You guys right now are, are the second title contenders and I, I have you pegged for second. So I have City first, I'll say 92 points, Chelsea second, 89 points, I'm not predicting points totals, but you go right ahead. <laughs> United, third, 80, 80 points, and then, no, even seven, 78 points, and then Liverpool, 74, fourth. Okay. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> predicting po- points total, I, I think that's a, uh, that's a fruitless endeavor, like that? but I'm going to say Chelsea Alex. first. Chelsea win the league, Manchester City second, Liverpool third. Man United fourth, but I don't think it's a distant fourth for United. I think they're within within earshot of that. Uh, oh, of that oh top so do you group think it's do you think it's all four? Than, all four of them get eighty plus points. Then I don't know about that, but I think United are kind of like in the conversation and drop off like near the end of the season. So if that happens, though, if if what you say is true, then the league will just become super boring. Yeah, because I guess it would work. That would that would be assuming that a lot of those teams in the top four are still beating teams like Leicester, Arsenal, Tottenham. Like those games are yeah, usually if all what, of those what games just stop mattering. Like, and it just becomes only like occasionally Chelsea win the league and like United will like uh, occasionally and Liverpool will jump in there. But like so maybe maybe that leads just to like, all if it's four just the two richest the teams. Four? This is just the two richest teams no, with their owners it? buying players. Like like it's just maybe its that own leads little to super league. the top four teams instead of them being dominant. It leads to them having like poor seasons, but a team with like eighty three points wins the league. But it's still like those those four clubs we talked about because they all have to play each other twice too. That's that, those are games. Those top four games are going to be insane. Like that that Manchester City Chelsea game. I think it's week three. We have them. Hopefully Lukaku's in and like kind of back into form by then because uh, yeah we're going to need him so that we don't start off too badly. All right, you got anything else to preview? I guess I should mention the uh, the Ghost Goal Podcast Fan League for Fantasy Premier League. That is uh, that is officially up and live. If you want to go to fantasy.premierleague.com, you can create a team there. The official Premier League website. We have our league that we do every every year in there. And once again, the name of that league that you can search is Ghost Goal Podcast Fan League. 
and you can enter code CB7C7S. Again, that's CB7C7S to uh, enter the league, or uh, you can just go to our social media at Ghost Goal Pod for Instagram and Twitter, where we'll have the link to automatically join that league uh, once you click on that. Uh, but you will have to create your team first, and then it will allow you to, you know, branch out and pick different leagues. Javier, do you have any uh, any fantasy input? Anyone that you like for like a big season of fantasy this year? Or are you uh, keeping well, your think, cards close I mean, to the chest? I mean, I think we all know Lukaku is going to be a, a fantasy favorite. He was huge back when he was on Manchester United, so I'm sure he'll be 10, 10, 10 I mean, point he was five. I would always have yeah, him when absolutely. he was on Everton. I mean, so he's going to be a huge fantasy favorite. You know, everyone knows Salah. I'm sure will still be guaranteed. You probably, you know. At least fifteen Sounds to like twenty you think goals. Everyone should have De Bruyne as well. Probably De Bruyne, but I think that's that. Would you go in on Grealish yet, or would you wait no, a little see, bit? No, see, I for think Grealish? I don't know if Grealish is going to be the the main goal scorer or assister. I think that he's going to be the, the the guy who facilitates other guys around him to to get those you know stats up. So I, it remains to be seen. I want to see if De Bruyne gets that false nine roll. That could be another fun one for fantasy if he's underpriced, which he almost uh, most certainly won't be. But yeah, there's 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 a few fun ones that uh, I'll I'll start mentioning in the first couple of weeks if I can see some some hidden gems out there. Give me one Arsenal player that you would recommend someone gets for their fantasy team. I mean, everyone knows Saka will get a lot of game time. We only have the Premier League this season, and I'm sure he'll be a, a starter. He's only six point five, so he's one that will probably get close to double digits in either goals or assists this season. So, you know, I I think he could be a uh, a, ni- a nice little bargain buy. Okay. Uh, from Chelsea. Also, I, you need to check the price on Saka because I don't know if he is a bargain anymore. He's probably not. Well, um, 6.5 is still relatively cheap if he's getting goals. Oh, is and that assist- definitely his price? Yeah, that's his price. Okay. Yeah, that's that's a bargain then. Uh, there aren't too many bargains available on Chelsea. Uh, you're just going to have to, you know, figure out which one of like the, the big high priced signings for in terms of fantasy price are going to be starting the most Premier League games, likely Lukaku, like we mentioned. Uh, but the one I would say that you should consider having from Chelsea is probably Antonio Rudiger. He seems to play like every game under Tuchel. And, you know, he's still like a pretty good set piece threat. So he can sometimes pop up with a goal and a set piece. And uh, he's going to be involved with a lot of clean sheets for Chelsea this year. If you want to spend a little bit more on a keeper, then Mendy's not a bad shout either because he can also save penalties pretty well. So... Uh, yeah, those those players I would recommend from Chelsea. Javier, I think that wraps it up. Damn, what a trajectory uh, for Mendy. Winning the Champions League and like his yeah. first like going from He was on unemployment That's like six crazy. years ago in France. Yeah, what a and then went from that to winning the Champions League at twenty eight years Mendy, old. Yeah. I love Edouard Mendy. We don't talk about him enough. We just like, we really don't. We really don't give him we enough just, credit like, for what now. he. We, it just got to a point to where Chelsea. you just assume he's going to be amazing, and anything less is crazy and surprising. But yeah, let's wrap things up there. It's going to be a great season. I can't wait. Javier, are we going to be back on later this week to preview like the actual games in on the weekend? Uh, I, I'm pretty sure we're going to have to. This is a lot of a lot of content yeah. coming at you guys though. This, there's a lot of games. Yeah, this is a this is like Christmas week from us here at the Ghost Goal Podcast, leading up to the Premier League kickoff. Uh, so once again, you can follow us on social media at JavierRev9 for Javier's uh, Twitter account, at ASMoss92 for my Twitter and Instagram, at Ghost Goal Pod for the podcast socials. 
You can find the link again to the Fantasy League, the Ghost Goal Podcast Fan League on fantasypremierleague.com by going to those uh, socials for the Ghost Goal Pod on Twitter or Instagram and uh, clicking the link to automatically join the league. We had, I think, like 20 to 25 people last year. Maybe it was a little bit less, uh, but, you know, there's always... 10 to 15 people who still manage to, you know, keep up with it, which is, you know, compared to other leagues I've found. Yeah, I think I'm going to uh, try to be a little bit more involved in trying to give picks, you know, maybe not every week, but every couple of weeks, if I can see a, a gem or a player who I think is on form, who, you, who people could pick up. I'm sure it's obvious most yeah. of the time, and, and most of the people who have been playing our fantasy league for a while are already good at that, but... I think it's a fun thing to do. They're better than us because neither of us have won the Fantasy League yet. <laughs> One well, of us I has to step it, up and it, do that this year. I won it three year. years ago, but it's been a couple of years now. Four years ago. It was before you were uh, you were a part of the, it was. You know, the official team It was before team I was part of the so, podcast, though, but yes. Yep. It's been a while. All right. We'll see you guys later this week to preview the Premier League games that kick off this weekend. Thanks for listening to the Premier League previews of the Ghost Gold podcast. And until next time, see you.